Good afternoon. Welcome in. Well, good is relative. It is afternoon here in Middle Tennessee. And it's better for some than others. It, I don't know who it's better for today. It is certainly not better for most of us Titans fans with brains. Uh, <laughs> those who don't have brains, I, I can't speak for them. But man, what a crazy, crazy Tuesday it's been already. And this is Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yow. He's Maurice Patton. Justin Kulik is on the controls. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Unexpectedly. As unexpectedly as we can possibly be. Stunned. Seriously. Did not... And I mean, this is going to dominate today's show, I Don't. guess. But I just want to say, I hope this wasn't the result of a power struggle. No, I'm. Gonna, I mean, I'm going to tell you that there's no way it's not. I'm. I'm. I'm just going to tell you that there's zero chance. That that wasn't the way it that went that down? That wasn't exactly why Mike Rebel's not the coach of the Tennessee Titans. We, we're going to talk about it. We are. We are absolutely going to talk about it. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about it as quickly as we possibly can when we get into uh, our top story, which is, of course, Mike Vrabel no longer being the coach of the Tennessee Titans. Steve Lehman of News Channel 5 is going to join us. We've, of course, got Terry at the top of the hour. Uh, we've got a ton of, of stuff that that is going to get brought up in this in this conversation so anyway not only do we have steve and terry but of course it's tuesday and we're back on our regular schedule and that means chip walters is set to join us at after the three o'clock hour commences the burv from yeah, the burv from the borough the blue raider voice and We've also got to talk about last night and the college football playoff championship game. Listen to us. We tried to tell Pick you. Pick the opposite. Count your money. If, if you listened to us from the beginning, hmm. it was easy. Just it, count, it really was. Count them dollars. It was, it was crazy easy. Secure the bag. I want, here's what I want to do. I want to test that theory by making predictions on the air and then betting the opposite way. No, because then, because then, then you, win, you might win money, and and the universe, universe does not want us to do that. <laughs> or my public predictions will improve. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Either my public perception is going to greatly improve, or do, do we have? Or the, I'm going to uh, get rich, and at that point, it doesn't matter what other people what your think public of me. perception <laughs> is. Yeah, do so we have the final tally as, as Dave Chappelle would say. Is there a final tally for the winner of the pick? Uh, we'll uh, there is not. There will be. I was so stunned by last night's events that I neglected to tally. Understandable. <laughs> My bad. We're we're gonna get to all of that. Mm -hmm. But before we do anything else, yeah, we've got to get to yesterday's results and very few yesterday's results and today's mm -hmm. schedule though on the rundown. This is the rundown. 
Monday high school basketball results on the girls' side. Harp at the edge, Dixon County 52-51. Wayne County doubled up Richland 60-29. And Zion Christian with a 40-45-38 win over Hampshire. On the boys' side, Laverne defeated Blackman 47-44. Chattanooga Prep with a 53-52 win over West Creek. Dixon County downed Harp at 62-27. Wayne County with a 53-51 win over Richland, and Zion Christian defeated Hampshire 70-32. As we mentioned, college football national championship game, go blue. The Wolverines of Michigan 34, the Huskies of Washington 13 in the final official college football game of the 2023 season on January 8th, 2024. Basketball action tonight, double headers, 6 o'clock, girls to start, boys to follow. Agatha's Club welcoming Dayspring Academy. Westmoreland is at Allen County, Kentucky. Battleground Academy welcomes Columbia Academy. Creekwood goes to Camden Central. John Overton's at Cane Ridge. Eagleton at Eagleton. Eagle Rule at Cascade. What's funny is there is an Eagleton. Right. It's <laughs> over east. East Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to be talking about them. It will be Eagleville. At Cascade. Centennial at home against Brentwood. That'll be a good one. White House is at Cheatham County. Springfield goes to Clarksville. Kirkwood is at Northeast. Cookville at home against Smyrna. Hampshire's at Cullioka. Clarksville Northwest at Dixon County. East Robertson at home against Merrill Hyde. Lancaster Christians at Franklin Christian. Murfreesboro Central is at Franklin County. Friendship Christian welcomes Davidson Academy. Giles County at home against Lawrence County. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Maplewood is at Glencliff. Particularly for one particular PA announcer. And, and well, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Maplewood is at Glencliff. Good pasture at home against Ezo Harding and Macon County at Greenbrier. Also at 6 o'clock, also girls for Hendersonville is at Green Hill. Hunters Lane goes to Hillsboro. Hume Fogg hosts Martin Luther King. Joe Burns visits Knowledge Academies. Wilson Central is at Laverne. Lawson hosts Valor Collegiate. Stewart Creek goes to Lebanon. Liberty Creek hosts Sycamore. Columbia Central travels to Lincoln County. Ensworth is at Lipscomb Academy. Moore County is at Loretto. Antioch travels to McGavick. Mount Juliet hosting Gallatin. Community plays at Mount Pleasant. Donaldson Christian is at Nashville Christian. Franklin's at Nolensville. Um, Independence is at Page. Beach goes to Pearl Cone. Father Ryan goes to Pope Prep. University School of Nashville is at Providence Christian. Rockvale hosts Oakland. Santa Fe takes on visiting Cornersville. Riverdale goes to Siegel. Watertown is at Smith County. Portland is at Station Camp. Stewart County hosts Montgomery Central. Stratford hosts Republic. Ravenwood travels to Summit. Spring Hill is at Warren County. Summertown is at Wayne County. Kenwood goes to West Creek. Harpeth is at Nashville. I'm sorry. Harpeth is at White House Heritage. And Kip Nashville travels to White Creek. Girls only action. Well, surprise. St. <laughs> Cecilia is taking on Harpeth. That's at 530. Harpeth Hall. Uh, I'm sorry. Harpeth Hall at 530. That is, uh, and then at 6 o'clock, boys only. Franklin Road Academy is at the Web Feet. College basketball doubleheaders tonight in Nashville. Fist welcomes Oakwood of Alabama. 5 o'clock women's tip, 7.30 men. And down in Pulaski, you can find UT Southern. 5.30 women, 
7.30 men welcoming William Carey out of Mississippi. Hattiesburg. That's right. Men's basketball tonight on the SEC Network at 8 o'clock in the night. Cap Vanderbilt's at LSU. And NHL action on Valley Sports South at 7. The puck will drop for Anaheim, the Mighty Ducks, and the Predators of Nashville. And in NBA action, the Memphis Grizzlies are mm. at the Dallas Mavericks at 7.30 on NBA TV. In what any other day would have been our, would have been our top story. But... Except today. Alas, that is your rundown. Our top story is brought to you by Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Of course, they've got great daily deli lunch. Daily deli. <laughs> the daily deli lunch specials. And of course, your fresh hand cut meats. They've got great produce. All of it is just cost and then 10% added at the register. Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Comment from our friend Ian from Australia. I don't know why so many coaches are sacked and players aren't. <laughs> uh, makes no sense. Well, Ian, you're, you're right to a – it's interesting because, yes, players under contract can get cut, but it goes against – Well, in that league, you know, not every league. Right, in, in, in the NFL. And, and so – but it goes; it, it does count against your salary cap, whereas coaches do not. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think it's an interesting concept because, yes, I think Mike Vrabel has had some issues in the personnel department. I, I mean, two years in a row, they set the NFL record for most players used in a single season. Mm -hmm. And one of those seasons, he was the number one seed at 12 and 5. Now, do I think the last two seasons, which have seen fewer injuries, but also players who aren't as good, do I think that that is a, an indictment on Mike Vrabel? I think part of it is. I do think that you know in the NFL, you have to develop your talent a little bit I mean, most of them coming out of college should be pretty well developed, but you've still got to you still have to do something right. to improve their, you know, their play. And 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 obviously, the one part of the of the team that has been the most improved over the last four years is the defensive front seven, which is what Mike Vrabel played as a player and middle as a middle linebacker. So I don't know if. You know, maybe Mike Vrabel in in the eyes of Amy Adams Strunk and and others uh, wasn't wasn't capable of being a head coach because he was only capable of improving a certain part of the roster. Listen, uh, I'm grasping at straws here. Because it makes I, no sense. I think you gotta I think you gotta grasp at straws because it like you said, it doesn't make on its face to me a whole lot of sense for a lot of the reasons I pointed out yesterday when we discussed this. Um, and that's why I said to you <clears throat> that I hope this wasn't a situation where Rand Carthon and Mike 
Vrabel could not coexist. And so Amy Adams Strunk had to pick one or the other. And she picked the one with less baggage as a member of the Titans organization. Which but I, like you said, I'm, I'm not real sure what else makes sense. Um, okay. I have a theory. I knew you would. And this is, this is strictly a theory. I think one of the conversation points in this meeting that was held with Amy Adams Strunk, mm -hmm. I assume Rand Carthen was in the meeting, and Mike Vrabel. <clears throat> I can't help but wonder if the assistant coaches were a factor were brought up and Vrabel was either unwilling to make changes outside of his tree because he has been to this point unwilling to make changes outside of his tree. And Amy said, well, if that's the case, your tree's not getting it done. So if you want them, you're going to have to take them somewhere else. And here's the thing. If that's the case, she's not wrong. And ultimately, I once I get past the shock of this, I'm, I'm not necessarily bothered by this. But it, it's just that I feel like Mike Vrabel has had success here. I feel like he could have success here again under the right conditions. And, you know, like you said, if he was being overly loyal to um, Tim to Kelly, his assistants, then Shane then, yeah. Bowen, whoever the offensive line coach is, I mean, if, if, if his loyalty lied with his staff and not with, you know, the – wishes of the team owner yeah then then you've got issues then that's your that's going to be your issue and and so look i i have a problem with it because i don't think mike vrabel is a bad head football coach mm -hmm. i don't necessarily hate i don't necessarily think that tim kelly or shane bowen are bad defensive coordinators i do think that they are hamstrung by personnel issues that as we have talked about on this show consistently, as well as with Teresa Walker, are not going to get fixed in one year. Or were not. They weren't going to be fixed in 2023. We knew that. I thought everyone knew that. I thought that was the point. So what changed? Right. And Amy Adams Strunk, in her statement that is on TennesseeTitans.com. As the NFL continues to innovate and evolve, I believe the team's best position for sustained success will be those who empower an aligned and collaborative team across all football functions. Last year, we began a shift in our approach to football leadership and made several changes to our personnel to advance that plan. As I continued to assess the state of our team, I arrived at the conclusion that the team would also benefit from the fresh approach and perspective of a new coaching staff. 
aligned and collaborative team across all football functions. Is that a that is exactly what is you, that a phrase that jumps out? It's it aligned and collaborative. It's the phrase. Because here's the thing. Because clearly someone was not aligned and collaborative. Up until, up until J-Rob traded A.J. Brown, I think he and Mike Vrabel were aligned and collaborative. I think that was the beginning of the end for J-Rob because obviously he had some bad drafts, but, you know, at least he tried. He did draft a left tackle that they intended to draft to play at left tackle. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I mean, there are no, I mean, yes, there were signs and they were told by Georgia, hey, Isaiah Wilson's a bit of a head case. But whatever. Mm -hmm. That being, but. Yes. That being said, I, I don't quite understand what changed between Rand Carthens hiring and now that they were unable to get on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to perhaps give us a little more insight on what the disconnect or what we are concluding was a disconnect between Rand Carthen and Mike Brable that brought us to where we're at. Um, we are now joined by News Channel 5 sports anchor Steve Lehman by phone. Steve, are you there? I am. How are you guys? Doing well. How about you, man? Doing well. My day got busier, though. Yeah, I think all of our days got busier. I mean, I've, I watch you guys on a constant basis right before I go to bed, which makes sleep not so easy on some nights. But, I mean, um, you kind of had an inkling that this may be the way this played out. But even when you have an idea that something may happen, when it actually happens, it's still a little bit of a shock. Where, where do you sit as far as this goes? Yeah, Mo, it is still surprising to me that when you look out there and you just consider the fact that Amy Adams Strunk and the Titans today fired a coach who was the coach of the year in the NFL just two seasons ago and had led him to the playoffs multiple times, had won two division titles, had a team that was the number one seed in the AFC. He didn't ultimately win the Super Bowl, but Mike Vrabel hit a very small target of being a guy to come in to replace a coach that won a game in the playoffs to actually improving the Titans team from that point. Now, granted, the last two seasons haven't gone how anyone would expect or want, but I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And I don't put most of the blame. He's not immune from all of it, but I don't put most of the blame on my break. That said, as shocking as it was to just see that on its face, there's been a lot of smoke in the last several days. And generally, as you know, when there's a lot of smoke, you look for the fire. And I think in this case, it became clearer and clearer that there was so much smoke that there had to be a fire. And while we may not be able to completely pinpoint exactly what the tipping point was or what the starting point was, there was enough behind the scenes here that at least made it different at the end of the season. So much so that yesterday, when 
in every year in the history of the franchise, the Titans head coach, even the guys who have been fired before, have talked the day after the season about wrapping up the season and where they go from here and all that. Mike Vrabel didn't speak yesterday, and he left it up to the players in the locker room, or the organization left it up to the players in the locker room, I should say, to address where they go from here. And that is when I really started to think, okay, there is definitely something there because the only reason you wouldn't have him talk is if you think there's a legitimate chance that whenever you meet this week to discuss what's going forward, you don't think he's going to be the guy going forward. And so that was the first moment yesterday when I, I legitimately thought this might happen, but still it is a surprise when you see it in writing from Amy Adams truck today. And, and I think <clears throat> from the outside looking in, Steve, that one of the more frustrating aspects of this is you know, we're not going to know what ultimately happened that brought this about. Uh, like, I, like I said before we brought you on, I hate the thought that it may have just been a it, – it devolved into a Carthon versus Vrabel type scenario and i mean you you just kind of got the feeling that both those guys were professionals and surely they could get on the same page about how to address some of this and the idea that that wasn't doable is is kind of disappointing to me yeah and i get that i honestly don't think that is it now i don't know completely and we'll probably learn a little bit more at four o'clock this afternoon when Rand Carthon speaks, but to me, this isn't strictly about that. This is about Amy Adams Strunk. She somehow in her mind in a year's time went from making Mike Vrabel essentially the most powerful person in the organization besides her in charge of all football things and supposedly working with Rand Carthon to all of a sudden dismissing him a year later. And I don't know exactly what changed there. Obviously, she did a very similar thing with John Robinson as her general manager just over a year ago. But that, to me, is the most interesting thing here, is if you really parse her statement, she's telling you that in her mind, the NFL is a more innovative league than what the Titans have been in recent years. And they did all this analytical stuff and brought in different guys and assistant GMs last year. And she says that was the part of the transition process. And whether Mike Vrabel wasn't totally on board with that or whether he didn't completely see eye to eye with Carthon, when she started looking at what they were planning on doing this offseason, I don't know whether she asked, hey, are you cool with this? And he said no, and then that was the tipping point, or whether she just knew that he wasn't completely on board. But that, to me, is where the real tipping point here is. The only thing I'll say about that is – when you talk to people around the NFL, people like Rand Carthon, people believe in analytics, people believe in a lot of that new age stuff. But everybody believes in Mike Vrabel as a head coach in this league. He's not going to be out of a job very long. And the idea that over a disagreement or whatever, that they're going to part ways with him right now, it's just hard to imagine that they're going to find a better coach than him to do whatever they plan to do analytically or off the field. It all comes down to players, by the way. So if Rand Carthen can go draft a bunch of good players, the new coach will have a better shot than Vrabel had the last couple of years when he had bad players. But it's hard for me to imagine that just apples to apples, the guy you're going to bring in next 
is going to be a better pound for pound coach that gets his players to play for him harder than Mike Vrabel has done here. I've said it about at least one other coach in the National Football League. I was going to ask if this fits that. And I think this absolutely fits. Mike Vrabel will have a job if he wants one before the Tennessee Titans hire his replacement. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And he, he probably will have his pick. And I also think there's probably a handful of owners out there who maybe weren't planning on making a move this offseason. They felt pretty good about their situation, but are probably reassessing that right now. Because Mike Vrabel is available. available. That's exactly right. Not to say that they'll ultimately pull the trigger and make that move, because anytime you change the coaching landscape of your organization, it it is a big move and it's a short-term setback. But I do think there's probably a bunch of sort of middle-tier teams out there that weren't planning on getting rid of their coach that may now have second thoughts if they think that they could lure Mike Vrabel to be their coach. And so obviously, Steve, the next question becomes, who? (laughs) Yeah, that's my question. It's one, honestly, I'm not overly prepared for because – couldn't really wrap my mind around the fact that we'd be doing this right now. But I think on the forefront, if again, you read the only statement from Amy Adams Strunk and quick aside, I think if you're a Titans fan today, however you feel about Vrabel or this decision, I think your biggest disappointment of today is the idea that Amy Adams Strunk is not going to talk and answer questions. She's the owner of the franchise. She just fired a coach of the year. And a GM that we've heard from one time since the draft last spring is going to answer all the questions about the future of the organization. I don't think Rand Carthon fired Mike Drabel today. I think he was told to go out and talk about where they're going to go from here after Amy Adams Drunk made that decision. And so I don't think we're going to get the full picture today because she's unwilling to sit out there and answer the difficult questions about this. But if you look at her statement, her four-paragraph statement that says this was incredibly difficult, but I believe in the evolving nature of the NFL that we need a different structure and essentially we need to be more innovative. If you're reading between the lines, to me that says we need to have an offensive-minded coach that's going to light up the scoreboard and we're going to do a bunch of great things with our new quarterback. Presumably that's Will Levis. And so I think you have to imagine that they're going to be very much focused on a young, offensive-minded guy. And if that's the case, the first guy that comes to mind to me is Ben Johnson in Detroit. He's a guy that is probably going to carry a big price tag. He's certainly highly thought of. I don't think the Titans will be his only suitor, but I would probably make him my first call if I was Amy Adams drunk and Rand Carthon. Well, and you mentioned that he's the, the Titans may not be his only suitor, but is there a better job available right now than the Tennessee Titans? I'd rather be the Chargers coach. With minus 75 million in cap space instead of 100 million in cap space? Well, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the guys. You get a chance to be. I love, you get a, I love Justin Herbert. I like their own. I love Justin Herbert. I like their ownership situation, their stadium, those types of things. Uh, One of the things I'll say back to that is I also think there was a message sent today 
that's not a particularly good one around the league about mm-hmm. the owner. I mean, think about this. In the last two years, not even the last two years, she has given extensions to her general manager and her head coach, singing the praise of how good of a job both of them are doing. And within 10 months, she fired that GM in the middle of the season when they were in first place and seemingly destined, even as poorly as they were playing and as many injuries as they had, seemingly destined to win the division again and get back to the playoffs. She fires him. The wheels come off. At that point, it seems like she's giving all the power to Mike Crable and saying, this is your franchise to essentially run from a football perspective. She goes out and hires a GM, which is not his guy. And so then she says, and now they're going to collaborate about it all. Not sure how good the collaboration was throughout the course of the year, but less than a year later from that point, she's now moved on from the head coach. To me, that, I hate to say it, but she essentially did in the last two years all the things that people have always said that Jerry Jones does that he doesn't actually do. That she's been emotional and overreactionary and pulls the trigger quickly and doesn't leave it up to the football people to figure things out. That's essentially what she did with these two moves over the last couple of years, at least from the outside. And now she's not willing to answer the questions about it, about what ultimately led to her decision. If you're Ben Johnson or one of these guys out there, I get there's only so many jobs. So at some point, you got to take one if you want to be a head coach. But if it comes down to two or three choices, I'm not sure, you know, like David Tepper in Carolina is probably not an owner I want to work for either. But I'm not sure Amy Adams Strunk has painted herself in the best light for a potential candidate to think that seems like a great situation for me to walk into. I think that is 100% accurate. Because how many times have we said to high school coaches, you're only as successful as your administration will allow you to be, Mo? Yep. And this is the exact same situation that, you, that, that you know, coaches are finding themselves in. How much time am I going to have to make this work, especially, especially knowing that I've got cap space and I've got a young quarterback and I've got, you know, I'm, I'm expected to, to compete in year one or two. What I do think the next coach has going for him, though, and, and Steve, you can tell me if I'm wrong, is one, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league, and you feel like you've got the quarterback. And two, it's the AFC South, which is not great. I agree with you, though. I do think D'Amico Ryans and the Texans have a better quarterback, and they have a lot to play with in terms of moving up. So I would certainly rather be Houston today than anybody else in this division. But I I agree. It's not the best division in the league by any means. You do have a lot of cap space, the most in the league to play with in the offseason. So it's up to Rand Carthon to get the new guy players. They caught a huge break in the fact that it does look like Will Levis is the guy you can move forward with, and he's at least going to have the opportunity to prove he is or isn't the guy next season. That's a huge, enormous break for whoever the new coach is. All that being said, I think mm-hmm. the other thing you worry about is you look at what the, the organization and what her message was, is she says today that this was a process that started a year ago, and maybe it did, but she didn't tell us that when she fired John Robinson or even really when she hired Rand Carthon. Mm-hmm. Maybe Rand Carthon walked in the building and was like, hey, we need a few more analytics people, we need a cap space guy, we need this, we need that, and they pieced it all together, and she's like, okay, I like the direction this is moving. 
But that wasn't her mindset on December 5th or 6th or whatever it was last year when she fired John Robinson. She just got upset and fired John Robinson. That's what happened on that day. And it's hard for me to think, knowing all that in the background, that that's not a little bit about what this is about. And so a year from now, if they don't win again, is she going to be committed to sticking with this plan that she says is two off seasons old now, but is something less than that in reality? Or is she going to say, no, nope, this isn't quite working again. We got to make this adjustment or that adjustment. That, that's the thing you worry about is, look, it's great to have an owner who's invested and wants to win. And I think by and large, since she's been the controlling owner of the franchise, more positive than negative has happened with the Titans. They have totally upgraded the facility. They've done upgrades to the stadium. They're getting a new stadium. I think she obviously moved on from Ken Wisenhunt early. I think that was smart. She even hit a home run, which is unbelievable to me, by moving on from Mike Malarkey to get Mike Vrabel. Somehow she thinks she's going to do it again, and I would be wary about that because I think there's a much greater chance you take a step backwards from Mike Vrabel and what he brought to the organization then you take another step forward and towards that Super Bowl level with a lot of people. And, and to, to the fans that are in favor of tearing it down, it's not like everybody waits on you to build it back up. Folks have decided we're going to tear it down and are still in the process of trying to get back. So... This is definitely a be careful what you wish for type situation. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And again, six years ago, I thought they made a terrible mistake when they fired Mike Malarkey. He did a great job of building up the offensive line, making sure the young quarterback and Marcus Mariota didn't get killed behind them. He got them to back-to-back winning seasons. He got them to a playoff game and won it. So they got into the divisional round, and then they decided to fire him. And at the time, I said, I think this is a mistake because the chances of going from 10 wins, including a playoff victory, to 12 wins and a one seed or winning the Super Bowl, that is a really small bullseye to hit. Moving backwards to five or six wins is the much more likely scenario here. And to her credit, she went out and she hired Mike Vrabel, one of the hottest coaches in the league, and he came in and I think he took them to that bullseye. He elevated the team over the next several years. The problem with that is now she's saying, I'm going to do that again. And I get they're in a different spot. The roster isn't the same. And we can discuss all the reasons about why that is the case. But you had a really good coach, a coach that everybody around the league that's sending me texts today is saying, what's going on there? And it's not because they're thinking, well, what's next? They're thinking, how in the world are you getting rid of Mike Vrabel, given everything he's done? And I, I think that's the concern here. Because the other thing about that is six years ago, when she made that decision, she had an established general manager in the building, John Robinson, who had helped build the foundation and the roster at that point that led into five consecutive winning seasons. Now she has a GM who's been on the job for less than a year. And it's not completely clear how much power or how much how many decisions he made in this last year. And now she's going to send him out there today to talk about the vision of the future and perhaps have a hand in picking the next coach. And he's going to have a lot more power. And it remains to be seen if that's a good thing. Steve Lehman of News Channel 5 joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, about the firing of Mike Vrabel. 
and where they go from here should be very interesting. Again, this topic is dominating all of sports talk in and around Middle Tennessee and probably around the NFL nationally. Hey, if you wanted the national media to talk about you, I guess this is one way to do it. So, Steve, we appreciate you taking time with us, man, and look forward to to seeing this press conference at 4 o'clock, and hopefully we'll get something, but as you said, unlikely. Yeah, I think we'll get something, but my guess is you're going to walk away underwhelmed by the amount of answers you get to all the questions so many people have right now about this Titans organization. The structure is murky about what's going on over there right now, and they're going to have a lot of questions to be answered with how they move forward beyond just the press conference this afternoon. No doubt. Steve, again, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. You bet, guys. See ya. All right, we'll take a break. We're only 20 minutes past one, so we'll get right back. And before we get back into the Titans with Terry McCormick, we'll talk about last night's college football playoff championship game and the final AP poll and the idiots who made bad decisions in the final AP poll, et cetera. So I'm kidding. But we will, no, talk, we will talk about it on the other side of the break. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We're talking now about the college football playoff championship game to give ourselves a little bit of a mental break. I'm not sure how much of a mental break that is since we went so hard for the Huskies and, you know, and it was to, such a to, game. to our credit, it was a game for about 53 minutes. It, it was a game until the phantom holding call. The phantom holding call changed the game. Wiped off a 35-yard completion, setting up Washington inside the 35. It led to a punt that ended up, you know, of course, Michigan takes the punt and then the, the subsequent drive for a touchdown, and that was it. I mean, it, from that point, it was just waiting on the nail in the coffin, which – somehow always seems to be a pick six. Now, that one wasn't last night, but it, it wasn't a pick well six, but it was everything all but. but. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you think about George Alabama <laughs> a couple years ago with that pick six. Mm -hmm. It just seems like that's always the nail because you're expecting a pass and, and you're you're playing pass defense. And so it, it's, it's like you, you take one to the house. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, you got to give credit though to, to Michigan because, boy, they did everything I thought Texas was going to do. Mm -hmm. And they did everything that I thought Washington could handle. I mean, we talked about we didn't think Michigan would be able to get home against – we didn't think Michigan would be able to get home against Washington's offensive front, and they were able to get pressure on Penix and really make him look – Ordinary at best. A lot of that, though, is because Dylan Johnson had the injury to his foot. If that doesn't happen on the first play of the game, I think that there's some changes that, that probably – but they were almost one-dimensional from that point forward because mm -hmm. Dylan Johnson, even though he tried to play in valiant effort on his part, was not Dylan Johnson. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Michigan was kind of able to pin its ears back and, and just get go. after Penix. And, and, uh, and I wonder if – I mean, you don't want to take a kid out if he says he can go. A kid who's done everything that Dylan Johnson has done for that team over the bulk of the season. But did Washington, did Dylan Johnson do themselves a disservice by him continuing to go out there? Well, I mean, they weren't great when he wasn't in running the football either. I mean, even when they tried to run it with other backs it, it wasn't successful and so maybe that was just a you know a, a testament to, to Michigan's front man Michigan's front listen defense still wins championships this proves it it may not always win championships but defense if you're the best defensive team in the country you have a better chance to win a championship than not no matter what your offense does and their offense was pretty darn good last night they looked really good in the run game. 
Uh, Washington had no answer at all for Michigan in the first quarter. Now they did they did step up a little bit in the second quarter and, and even the third, but it was it was just impressive to watch that Michigan front, you know, offensive line just bully Washington around and, and again did exactly what I thought Texas was going to do. And then that's why I didn't think Michigan could do it. I thought, well if Texas can't do it, then Michigan probably can't do it either. But <coughs> Joe Moore. The award winners. Go figure. <laughs> now you know why. I mean, it, it, this this just got, Michigan proved everybody wrong in that they couldn't do it without stealing signs. They couldn't do it with JJ McCarthy. Why are you getting why, why are you getting rid of uh, Cade McNamara? It's not like the guy behind him is going to take you any farther than McNamara did. He just beat he just just beat Ohio State when the Big Ten. Oh well, just kidding. Let me let me show you what we're gonna do. And JJ McCarthy is now, you know, weird as he is, based on some of the things that he does. Now a national championship quarterback, and you got to give him credit. He is weird. Meditation on this field, talking with the the, the taking his shoes off to ground himself. Talking to the psychologist <laughs> mid-game. But it worked. Did it? I thought he looked good. I thought he made the throws that had to be made. Michael Penix missed on a wide-open touchdown by doing by, by throwing the ball too hard. He looked like Joe Milton out there. Like all he had to do was just just throw it, just, just oh, touch it in there, in the, yeah, in the vicinity. Instead, tried to you know throw it hard as he could to the outside numbers and cost him a touchdown. Mm. But but JJ McCarthy was even on the incomplete pass on the sideline to the tight end was just a perfect throw, great defensive play. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like every time that that he needed to make a throw, he was on the money and. I got to give them credit. I, yeah. I have to give Michigan all the credit in the world. They earned it. They deserve it. Whether it's vacating yeah, or not. They earned it. Listen, we said this, though, and, and I've said this before. Once they beat Penn State the way they beat Penn State, once they beat Ohio State the way they beat Ohio State, and then to beat Alabama and Washington in the national championship game, they did all of that without Connor Stallions. And at some point, we just have to say, well, maybe they're just the better football team. Yeah. I mean, I won't argue with you. I won't disagree with you. I'll just, it was, <laughs> I'm, I'm just reminded of, of the comment that Steve Lehman made in the last comment where there's smoke. Maybe there's fire. I mean, there's just been so much around this Michigan program all year long. Sure. I mean, but I don't, I, again, I don't think that, I don't think they were cheating when they beat Alabama. I think Alabama took plenty of steps to make sure they couldn't. And they did. Same with Washington. I, I mean, 
They just, weren't doing anything nobody else is doing. Yeah, I mean, just the not perception, but the the optics of the whole thing. I don't disagree. But they lined up and did it on the field when it mattered, without Connor Stallions. A name that will live in infamy. And so, my question is, is that Jim Harbaugh's final game at Michigan? If the Chargers have anything to say about it, it will be. I think so, too. I think I think Jim Harbaugh. I think I, I said it before we picked the semifinals that I thought that he would go to the NFL. Uh, but Michigan's certainly going to make it hard for him to say no at this point. I don't think Michigan can address the biggest issue. It's college football. Yeah. I just don't think Jim Harbaugh wants to be in college football anymore. And why would he? Yeah, it's 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 so stressful. It's it's it, it is an incredibly stressful situation now. And I think if you ask any college football coach who either leaves college football or who's in it, what? What are your biggest drawbacks to coaching college football? Well, it's year round. And it's recruiting. Yeah, that I mean it's year yeah. round. And it's not just recruiting in the off season. It's recruiting your locker room every day. It's, you know, dealing with, you know, players who feel like they aren't getting paid enough because, you know, Jimmy over there got paid an extra five hundred thousand. And it's it's dealing with looking up and seeing Quinshawn Judkins at Ohio State today. Absolutely. Yeah. And knowing that, well, for me to compete with that, I've got to pay somebody some money. And so I think that that not is, that they're not paying anybody any money already, but still. But you still have to deal with that stuff. Yeah. And that's the that that's the 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 worst part about college football coaching is. That now in the NFL, the stakes are higher. There's more expectation, but and there ain't no forty-five million dollar buyouts on the other side. No, no. When you're gone, you're gone. <laughs> so that's the, I guess, the benefit to staying in college is if they fire you, at least you can, you know, not do anything. <laughs> what door you want me out? What time you want me to leave? Right? Exactly. So I feel like that's kind of that's kind of where the decision is made. Is do you want to deal with all the things that aren't coaching, mm -hmm. or do you want to just coach football? Michigan, of course, was the unanimous number one in the AP poll. Not a unanimous number two, though. Georgia with three votes. At number two. At number two. Alabama with one.
Okay. John Wilner, who covers the Pac-12 for the San Jose Mercury News. Let me give you his, his top 10. Mm -hmm. And you tell me how it could be wrong. It may be the best top 10 I've ever seen. Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, Washington, Oregon, Florida State, Texas, Missouri, Ole Miss, Ohio State. Texas at seven? I mean, I think today they probably beat Florida State, so you might flip them in Florida State. Which Florida State is this? Is this Florida State pre-Jordan pre Travis? or is this, this appears to be a final after everything is over, the end of the year, today. Vote. If that's the case, I don't love Florida State at six at all. Mm -mm. But I understand you still have – it is a – it is a a season award. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know whether it's a season award or whether it's a team that played in the bowls or whether it's a team with their bowl result or or what it is that we're voting on in a lot of instances. I think his top five were based on Games I think his top matter. five was solid. Let's put it ga games that matter. I, I think his top five was fine. I th and I think past that, six Missouri. through 25 for anybody is a crapshoot. There are a lot of people who had Texas above Alabama. My concern with that is I think that if those two had played in the Rose Bowl instead of, you know. Instead of Michigan and Alabama? Right. I, I think if Alabama and Texas had played in a semifinal, I think Alabama probably wins the game. But, and, I mean, that's still conjecture. You know? Sure. But I'm basing it off of they take Michigan to overtime, and, you know, Washington got hammered. Washington beat Texas. So, I mean, there's transitive properties that are that have to be involved when you're when you're polling. But I think it's a pretty dead gum good top five. And I think even Missouri, Ole Miss, Ohio State at at eight, nine, ten is exactly right. And then he's got Tennessee at thirteen, LSU at eleven, which is iffy, but. LSU at 11, Arizona at 12, and then Tennessee at 13. As opposed to the final AP poll, which has Arizona at 11, LSU at 12, Tennessee at 17. 17. Behind Penn State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. And I'm, I don't even know that it matters. And some talk about, but other than that, well, I don't know. I want to give. I just want to give that guy props because I think he. I think he did. He voted the way I would have voted. He his mindset was the way that mine's mindset would have would have voted. <laughs> so, so by all means, thumbs up. Thumbs up to that guy for me. Now you may think differently. Why don't we talk about Mike Berardino? Do we have to? Do we have to? Because 
Well, well, here's the thing. You should like Mike Berardino for the fact that he's Captain Chaos. No, I, I, I like guys. Who I know you thought, don't. I like guys I'm, who have a thought process and stick with that thought process. He doesn't have a thought process. It's just whatever. He but he's chaotic. Like, he's chaotic. But I want chaos in a different way. You I want organized chaos. I want, and his is not in any way, shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> Michigan, Washington, Georgia, okay, mm-hmm. Texas, and Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that to some degree. And Although, there you go. That's that's kind of where I come back to after the top five. But but I don't love Alabama above Georgia. They lost in overtime to the eventual national champion and beat Georgia in their last two games. So you don't like Alabama above Georgia? What's no, he got? He's, he's got, got Georgia he's got three, Alabama four. Five behind Texas, which okay. But that's a little absurd to put Alabama two spots behind Georgia, a team they beat. <laughs> that's okay. And a spot behind Texas, which a team they lost to. Which well, I well, understand. Well, I understand if it's if it's Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, fine. Hmm? But you know, whatever. Anyway, Oregon, I agree with. I think Oregon's one of the top five or six teams in the country. Uh, Ole Miss, Ohio State, Florida State, LSU. Now, he has Missouri at 11, Ohio State at 8. Yeah, which we know is a little ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, check, check out our little video. Exactly. And then he's got Tennessee at, I believe, 18. So, which is, I mean, that's fair. It is what it is. He's typically a – Where's Iowa? He's typically, uh, for him or total? Generally. Iowa's 24th. Okay. So take that what you will. I think mm. the, the highest Iowa was ranked was 17th, and that was from uh, Emily Adams of the Greenville News in South Carolina. So, anyway, I always love looking at the, the individual votes. Give it up to Scott Rabelais. Friend of the show. Yeah, who – had Tennessee at 16th at least. Zach Klein of Georgia had Tennessee at 14th. And I believe that was as high as anybody had them except Wilner, who had them at 13th. So there you go. Tennessee finishes at 17th. Michigan unanimous number one. Now. Okay, now here's the question. Because we have we have kicked around the possibility of this national championship being vacated. Can a championship that is not administered by the NCAA be a, be vacated by the NCAA? I do think that's a question worth asking. Uh, here's the thing. They vacated championships that were awarded by the Associated Press. Hmm. I mean... USC is not considered to be the 2004 national champion. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't either. I, I would say I would say that it would just be a it, it. The NCAA has as much power to vacate a national title that they don't. Administer as the general public does in, <laughs> you know, 
vacating it in their minds. I mean, do you think that 2003 Louisville is not the national basketball champion? I don't think a whole lot about 2003 Louisville one way or the other, to be honest, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, they won the NCAA tournament. Right. They're the national champion. Mm-hmm. Raise the band. Like, who cares? They did it on the court. I don't mm-hmm. care if there was a sex scandal. I don't care. They won the basketball games. Yeah. Did they cheat? Okay. Did 04 USC give Reggie Bush a, an Escalade in a two-bedroom mm-hmm. house? Yeah. Did that change the fact that Reggie Bush probably wasn't going anywhere but USC anyway? No. Does it change the fact that they were the best football team in the country in 2004? No. Does Michigan beating everybody post-Connor Stallions prove that they're the best football team? It does. So raise the banner, Michigan. Enjoy it. And hopefully, if you're a Tennessee fan, this is a good omen because the last time Michigan won a national title, 1997, Tennessee did the next year. Before we get away from college football, congratulations to Tennessee State defensive end Terrell Allen, who was named over the weekend the 2023 Buck Buchanan Award winner as the best defensive player in FCS. Pretty big honor. First Tennessee State player in the 29-year history of the Buck Buchanan Award to win it. The sixth HBCU product to win the Buck Buchanan. Um, 28 tackles for loss and 14 and a half sacks in 11 regular season games. Um, 65 total tackles, 44 solos, 10 hurries. Five forced fumbles and a fumble recovery as the Tigers finished six and five. There you go. So. All right. We'll take a quick break. Terry's on the other side, and we'll talk about more Mike Grable. Stick around. <laughs> Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Time now for your daily Titans update with Terry McCormick and TitanInsider.com. Terry, I know you're getting ready for a press conference. What's going on? 
Well, a lot. <laughs> uh, press conference is coming up in a little less than an hour, and uh, we'll get our first uh, words from Rand Carthon regarding the firing of Mike Vrabel as the head coach of the Titans after six seasons. So, uh, going to be interesting. I, I'm sure that uh, you know I'll be one of those who delves into the reasons why, and I think some of it, you know, Amy Adams Strunk has preached collaboration from the moment she hired Rand Carthon to be the general manager. And Rand Carthon stated in his introductory press conference that it was his job to get Mike Brable the players that he needed to coach to best get results so that the Titans could win. Now it sounds like that Mike Brable's philosophy is no longer wanted. So Rand Carthon may get the chance to see what his philosophy is and uh, find a coach who is kind of in his image and has his philosophy. That's what it sounds like to me. Which I guess brings about the question, what is Rand Carthon's philosophy? Well, it comes from the San Francisco 49ers, so I'm going to guess that it has something to do with the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. So – I would think that would be a good place to start when you start talking about coaching candidates and, you know, you want people who are like-minded in, uh, you know, making this maybe more of a pass-oriented team as opposed to the run-oriented team that's been uh, for the last six years and even before that uh, when Mike Malarkey was the head coach. Okay. So upgrades at the receiver, right? We can hopefully hope. Well, I mean, if if you're going to throw the ball, you got to have somebody to throw it to, and you can't throw it to DeAndre Hopkins on every play, assuming he's back. That is he's true. In the that is true. So I would I would think that you know whoever the new coach is is probably going to bring a much different offensive philosophy than what Mike Brable brought to the table, and I, I got to believe that, uh, like you said, that's going to involve more people throwing and catching the football and obviously better protection than what the Titans offensive line showed to Will Levis and Ryan Tannehill this year. Better protection. And because it's tough to throw off your butt as we yes. saw this year well, in particular and in previous years as well. Perhaps, perhaps the next coach's philosophy will be to play an all American left tackle at left tackle. That's all I can hope for. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> how much is this so this is and and we're gonna we're gonna listen to i don't know if did you see amy's interview with mike keith yet i did not okay so she did a i guess a five minute interview with mike keith it's it's or i don't know how long it is but there's a five minute clip posted onto their twitter account we're going to play that a little bit later in the show for all of us to hear for the first time terry but I did see a comment from someone who basically said, you know, her comments allude to the the unwillingness to depart from his coaching tree. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. I mean, he was pretty loyal to the guys that he had brought here over the years. I mean, you know, I think – Maybe Amy Adams Strunk might have had a hand in the dismissal of Craig Ackerman after the Indianapolis Colts debacle. 
Uh, Mike Brable, you remember last year, stuck with Todd Downing through the end of the season, despite him getting charged with a DUI. Now, I know all the things of, you know, innocent until proven guilty and, and all the things that go along with our court system. But, you know, that, that was a pretty bad look for an organization uh, right there. And it's a pretty bitter pill to swallow. Uh, it, it's one thing if he was, if, if, you know, if Downing had been going out there and his offense had been lighting it up like uh, Don Coriel back in the day, but uh, it, and granted, they were coming off a good game against Green Bay. But hey, for the hey Terry, part, Terry, Terry, I'm gonna stop you just. I'm, I'm gonna stop you just a second on that one, because if you're firing the guy for getting a DUI, his performance shouldn't have anything to do with it. Now, if you're firing him for his performance, the then the DUI shouldn't have anything to do with it. Now, I agree, but I'm just saying it's it's a much it's a much tougher sell if he's out there tearing it up, even though he may have he made a mistake, it's a much it's a much easier sell to the fan base to go ahead and get rid of him versus if he's out there lighting well, it up. Oh well, he just made so a mistake. We, we've but, been trying to buy it. They wouldn't sell it to us, Terry. We so, tried to buy it for a year. So we can give him a little more grace on the DUI if at least he was scoring points, is what we're saying. Well, <laughs> I, I just, well, I'm just I'm just saying I know how the I think I know how coaches think, and you guys do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the DUI was iffy at best. I think somebody might have called. <laughs> hey, yo, your boy been drinking. He's out there on sixty-five South. Go get him. And and then when they didn't fire him, it's like, damn, we can't even get this dude fired. What the heck? Yeah. So, anyway, go ahead. Well, it just feels like that, you know. Rand Carthon and Mike Brable butted heads on certain key issues. I'm starting to wonder now how much was Mike Brable on board with the switch from Ryan Tannehill to Will Levis once uh, Levis was put out there due to injury? Because when you think about that, Brable is a guy who is loyal to veteran players. And the old rule of you don't really lose your job to an injury usually applies with guys like Brable who have played the game. So I think that's another question that has to be brought up uh, today with Rand Carthen. Whether but, he'll but answer he was it or on not, a team that, that he was on a team that kind of did that though. <laughs> he was on a team. Does, that does the name Drew Bledsoe mean anything to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I mean, there is that. But yes, you're right, and and, and that's. That could have been it. You know, he could have been Ram is ready to move on from the Derrick Henry era and and that's that style of offense. And Mike was probably like, Are you stupid? He just ran for fifteen hundred yards again. What do you want me? What do you want him to do? Uh, now, now here's a question, Terry. Uh, I think that question should be asked. I hope that question is asked. Do you expect to get an answer to it? Not a direct answer, no. But I think you can kind of read between the lines when you see Amy Adams' strong statement. She went out of her way to say we have a good young quarterback that we drafted last year's or words to that effect. Mm -hmm. I think you can kind of read between the lines and say she and Rand Carthon are eager to see this team built around Will Levis, more so maybe than Mike Brable was. Last year, we added a promising young quarterback and several other talented players to our roster. 
With a coaching search, enviable cap space, and top 10 draft position, this offseason is as important as any in our history. I'm excited for the weeks and months ahead. We will meet the moment. So, all right. She has said they will meet the moment. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. It's right? worked out for her twice before. Let's. <laughs> At some point, she's got to miss law. Of average. Yeah, the law of averages, law of averages is, is not looking good in her favor. So we'll see. <laughs> Terry, we appreciate it again. Uh, we'll obviously be looking for a report from that four o'clock press conference on TitanInsider.com. Tell us about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months. And I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris, I'm Mo Patton, and we're going to take another quick break from the Titans and talk a little bit about a different shade of blue, a third shade of blue, in fact, the Royal Variety from Murfreesboro, as we are joined by the Burv, the Blue Raider voice, Chip Walters, live from his brand unknown. Wait, wait, no. Is it cash? Because I voted for cash. Uh, voting is not over yet, but uh, it is uh, Vader currently has the lead. Oh, the new car. 
Chip's in his new car. It's an all-black vehicle, and it, the names are between Cash and Vader. Cash and Vader. Count me in for Cash. Ah, see, we got two. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of like I kind of like that uh, myself. But uh, Vader was the first thing that came to mind. But then I thought about it and said, "Oh, I like Cash too." So uh, go to my go to my anybody out there those in the masses. Go to my Instagram story, and you can vote on it. So. There you, there you go. I like choose chip. I, I, I like cash. But, uh, yeah. All it's, right. uh, my my Instagram is Blue Raider eighty five. So. Okay. Blue Raider eighty five. Make sure to go on, vote on IG. Um, I'm going to vote for like four of my accounts. <laughs> for, for, for cash, oh, from all of them. There you go. Yeah, we're gonna rig this thing a little bit. Um, chip. Sam Doton has a column from a couple of days ago on GoBlueRaiders.com headlined, Ahead of Kusa play, what can men's basketball do to right the ship? That's correct. Give me the, he had, there were three things that he brought up. And uh, first of all, uh, as with most things Sam puts out, I thought it was very well thought out and very well written on his part. And, and, uh, you know, and and that it, it one thing about it, I think it, it says it acknowledges that you know the men's basketball team has not played up to where they thought they were going to be, in particular before the injuries uh, that occurred. But uh, they did make a bounce back against Reinhardt University, uh, and uh, you know now have had some time and I've been to a couple of practices here over the last couple of days and it's gotten a little salty uh, at practice. So I think there is a, uh, there is definitely a thought that conference play is, uh, is knocking on the door and it gets underway Thursday night against a, a Louisiana tech team. And we'll jump into that in just a minute. But, but uh, the first weekend of conference play took place over the weekend and uh, and it did not go the way of the chalks, uh, so to speak. So it looks like it could be an interesting race in what will be a 16-game season uh, for Conference USA. you got to be careful with salty practices, don't you? You do. Uh, but, because and, the last and, and, thing you want is somebody getting hurt by friendly fire. That's correct. And, uh, and, and th that is absolutely correct. And we saw that it was funny is – and uh, it turned out to be funny, ha-ha, not funny, weird. But um, but uh, in the Reinhardt game, there were two instances of friendly fire, one on each one on each team. Fortunately for both sides, neither one was was all that serious. But uh, but it happened. Uh, the thing is, you know, we all we talk a lot of time about the rust and rest are one letter apart. But you know, also you the risk and reward goes along with that you can't just go out and pity pat during practice when you have been a team that has uh that has not shot the ball well has not been great in getting into the paint and has also uh you know you've gotten beat in the paint and and you've also given up a lot of offensive rebounds to your opponents so you, you've got to have physical practices and get a mindset 
of what conference play is all about, and you do that by recreating it the best you can uh, in practice. Now, the one thing that, that uh, a decision was made uh, prior to the Murray State game, leading into the Murray State game, and and thus forward into the Reinhardt game, is that Ozell Jackson, Trey Green, and uh, another guy or two, you know, we've got to get into that bench and, and play those guys because when you look over the previous two years where Middle had won 45 games in a two-year stretch, they did that by going not six or seven deep off their, you know, into their lineup. They did that by going nine and ten deep, uh, playing more full-court defense, forcing turnovers, which in turn – led to easier transition baskets, which in turn helped your field goal percentage and, you know, on and on and on. And, and so the, the, the thought being is, you know, like Maxine Nightingale said, let's get right back to where we started from and, and, and get in there and play defense, force turnovers and try to make life a little bit easier on yourself. And hopefully in the process with those guys getting more minutes is that, they that those guys that are eight, nine, and ten, they come along and gain those extra minutes they're getting and become better players along the way uh, as as part of it. You know, Sam pointed out, as we mentioned in this column, three points of emphasis: find the rhythm on offense, get back to Blue Raider yep. basketball on defense, um, which speaks to extending that rotation a little bit, getting Tom Mosley a few more minutes as well as. Trey Green, who you mentioned, and find a way to stay mentally disciplined. But um, one thing that Sam mentions in particular, Chip, you talk about turnovers and, and easy baskets on the other end. Middle ranked 24th nationally in opponent turnover percentage last year. This year they are ranked 229th. That's right. That's and that's been a drop and, off. Right. And, and again, that goes back to, uh, and I think those kind of interlock with what we were talking about back to Blue Raider defense and forcing turnovers. You know, I, I, one of the things I always look at as a team that we're getting ready to play is I look and see what is their assist to turnover ratio as a team. And right now, middle is about 16 turnovers a game and 11 assists per game. You know, I would love to see that flipped, flipped. or be, you know, 13, 12, something like that. 13, 12 to 10, you know, uh, assist to, to turnovers. And, you know, because right now you're getting too many empty possessions and giving the opponents extra possessions, which in turn leaves your margin of error at just about that much uh, when it comes to being, to shooting the basketball. If you're having an off night shooting, you've almost killed yourself right there. If your assist to turnover ratio is what it has been being. They've been at like points, uh, 0.7, where you would love to see that at 1.0 or better. Yeah, they, you know you know how they can turn it around? Win. Um, yeah. it's, it's easier said than done, though. And, that, that, you know, that, that, that exact point was made at the, at, <laughs> uh, at, at the end of a game day practice the other day. And it was like, it, you know, and, and I was I was just kind of eavesdropping on it and said, and Coach McDevitt said, of all this other stuff we've been talking about, 
go out there and win, you know, so. Here's well, a lot of ills, doesn't well, it? And here's the thing. It certainly does. I mean, you've got guys on this team who know how to win. You've got guys who have been winners on this team. Yep. I, I can't for the life of me understand how Middle Tennessee State in both football and now basketball have gone from competing at such a high level in a in a much, much tougher league tougher league to this. It just doesn't make any sense. And I, well, I just don't know what the mindset is that gets them there. So how you know, I feel like this team has some leadership and you know, it doesn't non conference doesn't matter. If you go into your conference and you win the darn thing, because you still get a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. And this That's right. is what matters. Because, look, it doesn't matter what you do non-conference. If you're MTSU, you're not getting in anyway. So who unless, cares? Yep. There you go. Unless you have a year like FAU had last year. And yeah. that, that kind of thing. And, and we've seen before, uh, whether it was the year we won 26 two years ago with Coach McDevitt or some of those really good teams with – Coach Davis, that you know, you uh, you know the 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 powers that be force you to be. If you're a mid major, they force you to be almost perfect. Where if you are in a power five, they'll forgive you for anything up to and including murder, uh, in a, and, and still put you in the tournament. Sure. So it's it's I, I think you know what it is. Now the league, as we mentioned, kind of got started last weekend. Uh, Louisiana Tech went on the road to to uh, Sam Houston and lost. Western Kentucky hosted Liberty, who was picked to win the league, and Liberty lost. Western has now won 12 games already, and, and the thing they're doing, they are locking people down, playing better defense than they've played in the last eight years, and they they give themselves an opportunity to where if they're not perfect offensively, they're still going to have a chance to win. And uh, and so that's again, that's what middle's got to get back to. And this week we'll find out because, you know, going on the road's tough and the league is giving you an opportunity to start the league race at home against Louisiana Tech and Sam Houston, two pretty good basketball teams, both won 20 a year ago. But uh, it's 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 now your turn to uh, to uh, take care of the home court advantage while on the flip side, the Lady Raiders. Uh, they go on the road to Louisiana Tech tomorrow night and then Sam Houston on Saturday. And the thing there is, you know, if you can go on the road and get those two, you've really given yourself a leg up knowing that in the last 14 games, uh, you're going to have only five more to play on the road and seven at home or, or eight at home and, and six on the road. So uh, it, it's an important week for – both squads for a little bit of a different. Absolutely. Chip Walters, the Blue Raider voice. He joined him. Did we lose him? I'm Chip, sure. you still there? Can you hear us? I'm still here. I had a phone yeah, call coming in. I had to, had to get off of. So. Oh, okay. Um, Chip Walters, the Blue Raider voice, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, as he does every Tuesday. Except when it's not too <laughs> Except when I don't. Uh, let, except so. when you don't. Let's let's talk a little bit more about these Lady Raiders, Chip, because they, they head into conference play, as you said. They go to La Tech tomorrow night, six o'clock tip. They are ten and four overall. This will be their first um 
conference contest. La Tech won their opener against Sam Houston. Um, then they'll be over at Sam Houston. And they'll Saturday. be at Sam Houston on Saturday. And, and again, as you said, big opportunity to make a big statement with a couple of road wins here. But um, La Tech, a lot of tradition in that program. Obviously, MTSU has done what they've done. Um, this is kind of a marquee matchup in this conference, is it not? Well, it, it kind of, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Leon Barmore is not walking through that door anytime soon. Right. And, uh, and, and nor is Venus Lacey. Uh, but, uh, but they have, Louisiana Tech is a, is a women's program, as you mentioned, had, you know, has great tradition, uh, but they've, they had fallen on hard times under, Tyler Summit and 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 the and the fallout from that, but they have they're starting to make their way back, and uh, so I think they're a they're a top half conference USA team, which certainly should get your attention if you're the Lady Raiders and Sam Houston. Don't know a whole lot about them just yet, uh, so so that 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 uh, I, I know that uh, Rick and Matt and the coaching staff do so that that's important that they know more about them than I do anyway. But uh, Mr. Palmer will have that broadcast of both games. He'll be at Louisiana Tech tomorrow night. And by the way, the men's game on Thursday, that is a CBS game. That is an 8 o'clock tip. So get your nap in on Thursday. Heck, that's a... that's not a day that I like to I, – I don't, I, don't, I don't like to get 8 o'clock tips at, at any – Eight o'clock start times are just not on good. Thursday night. Yeah, period. I don't care what day it is, but that's yeah, that's tough. Thursday particularly, man, that's rough. yep. Uh, well, anything else that we got to know about Chip? Uh, just to put on your calendar, uh, how about fifty-first uh, uh, annual Groundhog Luncheon coming up on Groundhog Day? Uh, that'll be February the 2nd, and that is the Blue Raider baseball uh, first pitch of the year. And uh, with the traditional uh, menu of ham hocks, white beans, tomato salad, and chocolate cake and ice cream along with cornbread. So that's coming up. Uh, put that in those tables, and tickets are available for that right now. And and uh, won't be long before baseball and catcher, uh, pitchers and catchers report next week when on Tuesday when it's supposed to be about 18 degrees. Uh, but uh, I think they'll be doing some inside work that day. I would hope. I would hope. <laughs> you don't want to hit anything off the end of the bat on next next Monday or Tuesday. Or off the handle. Yeah, either one. It's correct. You, you want to barrel it or don't hit it at all. Mm, swing it. Barrel right. Lots of swings and misses in this. Uh, okay. Yeah. Don't forget on, I guess, Thursday from 1 to 3. At hmm. City Auto Mitsubishi ah. Murfreesboro, you can see Coach Derek Mason and get an autograph and a photo, and that'll happen again at that dealership on at 1015 Bridge Avenue. So make sure to go by there. Yep, that's right out off Old Fort Parkway, and just another uh, public appearance uh, by Coach Mason. And uh, on that front, I think uh, by the time he has his uh, meet and greet out there, we will have a a, a very good handle on who the offensive coordinator and maybe the remainder of the staff uh, is going to be. Uh, I know they a lot of them have been 
at the Football Coaches Association uh, convention that's been in Nashville since last weekend. And uh, also the one other little uh, tidbit is that uh, coming up on the 23rd, two tidbits, on the 23rd at 2 o'clock, we'll have the ribbon cutting for the new outdoor tennis facility, uh, which is looking great. It's right over to my left right now. And the other part of that is next Monday, we will begin our run of coaches shows. They'll be at 6 and 7 o'clock on Monday nights at the Boulevard. And uh, you can hear them on the Varsity Network app, uh, among as well as our terrestrial radio stations. There you go. Chip Walters, the Burv, the Blue Rider voice right here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chip, as always, we appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Chip. All right. We've got the interview on the other side of this break and maybe some other reactions. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today is presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Again, Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo Patton coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Earlier today, the Titan social media account posted a interview with Amy Adams Strunk conducted by The Vot. The Vot. Mike Keith, friend of the show. And it's, it's not a long video. So we wanted to show it to you guys because we'll react to it, you know, same as as you. Controlling owner Amy Adams Strunk to discuss her decision to make a change in the head coaching position with the ball club. Amy, you mentioned in your statement that it was as difficult a decision as you've had to make in this role. What has Mike Vrabel meant to the Titans organization? Well, you're right, Mike. It was a very difficult decision. And Mike was our head coach for six seasons, and he brought a lot of passion every day to work, um, to players, to staff, to, to, to the organization. And I will always appreciate what Mike brought and wish the best for Mike and his family. Can you tell us the reason or reasons that you decided to make this change? The last two seasons have been very disappointing, and the the fans felt it. I felt it. We made changes last year, and I came to believe we needed to make a change to the coaching staff. People want to know, when did you come to this decision? It wasn't a last night or a month ago or whenever. It's just kind of been all season watching, and it, it was difficult, but I thought it was time to make that change. There's been discussion in a lot of different circles about the possibility of trading the head coach. Was consideration given to trading Mike Vrabel? Well, yes, there was, but there's a bit of misconception about a coach's contract, say, versus a player's contract. A coach's contract, you can't trade them unless they're a willing partner to that trade. So, yes, we thought about it. But at the end of the day, with league rules the way they are, it would have maybe put us back three weeks. And, you know, honestly, to, to get the right head coach, I was just not willing to, to go to the back of the line and take a chance of missing out on someone we, we really wanted. All right, so I'm going to put two questions together. Will the new head coach report to Rand Carthon or to you and – who will have control of the 53-man roster? Today is about the coaching staff. I'm not quite ready to answer that question. I still have some things to work through, but I will answer both those questions at the end of the process. So when it's done, you'll make this clear publicly who the head coach reports to and who has control of the roster? Absolutely, yes. Some specifics about specifics in the search now. A lot of people are saying that Amy Adams-Strunk is only going to consider someone with an offensive background to be the head coach. Is that true? Actually, no. I believe we need to improve 
across the board. So it's important to find someone that brings in, you know, a lot of diverse ideas and fresh perspective. And that's the most important thing in that new head coach. All right, let me take that a step further. So then what you're saying is you're going to be very interested in the staff that a potential head coach can show you when he talks to you. Yes, uh, that's going to be very important. The head coach is the leader in the face, but you know, that staff is super important. So we're going to, we're going to want him to bring in strong candidates and we want to hear who he's going to bring in. What would you say you have learned from your previous coaching searches, general manager searches that you will apply to this particular search in 2024? Cast a wide net, take your time. We have a vision and we want that coach to, to have that vision and we're going to work to get it right. At this moment that you make this change and set a new course for the Tennessee Titans, what is Amy Adams Strunk? want Titans fans to know at this time? I have high expectations and I'll never apologize for that. And these fans deserve a great team and they deserve a championship brought to the city. And that's what we're going to work towards. And I'm prepared to make the hard decisions to hopefully get us there sooner. This team has a bright future. We have Rand. We have a promising young quarterback. I mean, the sky's the limit. We've got cap space. We've got a great draft position. Things are bright for the Titans. I'm really very, very optimistic. And I'd like to thank the fans for hanging with us this year. It, it, our season was, it, it was unacceptable, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there sooner rather than later. All right, we're going to get there sooner rather than later. Without Mike Vrabel, sooner doesn't look as good without Mike Vrabel as it does with. I don't think that's that's my personal <clears throat> opinion. But again, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, he's gone. He's gone. This is so. Let's see who's next. This is the thing that that is so weird because, like you said, maybe off air beforehand, that and you may have said it in the beginning. It's been a long two hours. I don't, I don't love the idea of Mike Grable not being the head coach, but I also don't hate it because I mean there there is a good thought process to not having Mike Vrabel as the head coach if he's unwilling to make certain changes. Yeah. Because clearly what we did the last two years didn't work. Now, now again, I'm not sure how much we can judge Mike Vrabel on the last two years. There are things and there are situations where he probably could have been better, but there are also 90-something reasons why the Titans weren't very good the last couple of years. Well, they did go 12 and 5 playing 91 players. They didn't go 12 and 5 because they played 90 something players. They went 12 and 5 despite playing 90 something players. Right. And then I think this, that is a mark in the favor of Mike Vrabel. We've said it on this show a hundred times that that's one of the things that makes him a good coach, not a bad coach. Mm -hmm. And, but I think you have to look at 
his coordinator hires Shane Bowen. I don't think you have to look necessarily at the hires as much as you have to look at what they did in those positions. And but but I mean if you're if you're going from if you're if you're firing your offensive coordinator and then hiring the passing game coordinator under the same you know tree, why'd you fire your offensive coordinator? <laughs> I mean, if you were planning on doing the same thing and expecting a different result, well, that's just a fool's game. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have to imagine that Amy Adams Strunk said, you know, are you willing to go get a different offensive coordinator? No, I'm not. Tim Kelly's my guy. Okay, well, then you're not our guy. And it could have been as simple as that. Because the fact is that the Titans need a new offensive identity, particularly if 22 is not in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't do the same things without him. One of the things that I hated in that is that she says she does, she's not prepared to answer whether or not who the head coach is going to answer to. Yeah, whether or not the head coach will have final say or the GM mm -hmm. over the 53 man. And, you know, maybe she knows and just doesn't want to say. Seems silly. Don't know why you wouldn't want I, to I don't know. Us. I don't know how you can't. You may not want to answer that here on January 9th, but as you go through these coaching interviews, you're going to have to answer that because – Nobody's going to take the job not knowing. When, when you interview for a position, you need to know who your supervisor is. I need to know my line of communication. Right. I need to know if, you know, am I an equal with Rand Carthon or is he my superior? Makes a big difference. It does make a difference. And if Rand Carthon is the superior, you're going to have to go with a guy who's never been a head coach before, which I think they're going to do anyway. I don't think they're going to go get some NFL retread. But you're going to have to get a young guy who you think is – yeah, I, I don't think that you can – I don't think you can hire somebody with any type of success in their past and say, sorry, you got to answer the second year GM. You know what I mean? I it, know what you mean. It, it would be hard for, it would be hard for you to take a job and say, Oh no, you're going to answer to this 25 year old who just got in the business. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be really difficult. And so you have to, you know, you have to, because immediately your dynamic is bad. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just feel like there's a situation here that. But I do that, think. That is their own creation, by the way. Mm -hmm. I, I do think it's like you said, though. I do think that they are going to ultimately hire a first time head coach. Mm -hmm. And I. Now. <clears throat> Mike Vrabel was a first-time head coach. He was, but he was answering to John Robinson, who had just drafted Derrick Henry and 
helped build a roster that made the mm-hmm. playoffs. And that that worked. Rand Carthen hasn't done that. Rand Carthen's first team went five and twelve. Six and eleven. Sorry. But I was, I really was just throwing out a number. I didn't even remember what the record was. Big but difference. It, it, yes. But you've got this you've got you've got the most cap space in the league at nearly a hundred million. You've got the seventh draft you got pick. you got a lot of places you got to put that cap space in too. You've got the seventh draft pick. You've got a pretty decent defensive front seven to build around on the other side of the ball. You I feel like you've got your franchise quarterback, so you don't have to put cap space into that or draft one. You mm-hmm. don't have to. You, know, you feel like you've got your guy. You definitely have your guy for twenty four. Yeah. This, you know, this becomes a situation of do you want to be, you know, co-pushing the grocery cart? Or do you just want to let Rand Carthon do his thing? Now, the easiest way to answer this question is very simple. Hire Slowick. They have, he and Carthon have a relationship from their time with the 49ers. They clearly have the same type of of idea and the fact that there's already a relationship there there's already a dynamic there and a similar vision Mm -hmm. one would think which is another thing that i really don't understand if you have a vision why you can't just say it why can't you say this is this is the way that we want to handle this situation this is the kind of what secrets are you giving away to other NFL teams if you just say this I don't know if it's a case of keeping secrets from other NFL teams or if it's a case of not saying something that you're going to have to be accountable for later on. Okay. Because situations change. Okay. I mean, I'm, well, I'm, you can, and you can say that. I mean, I, I understand that. But if if you've got a vision and you are clearly committed to this vision because you have fired John Robinson and Mike Vrabel in back-to-back years, what is the vision? Because it certainly doesn't make any sense to us. Because mm-hmm. right now, you know, five years ago, six years ago, when Mike Vrabel was hired, the vision was, you know, we're going to play this style of football. We are going to we're, 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 we're going to be down. physical on both sides of the ball. We are tripling down on the on the Derrick Henry style of football. On both sides. On both sides of the – We're going to pound you, and we're going to stop you from running the ball. And they did that. Until they did Up until 2021 or 22. They did that. Injuries, poor drafts from John Robinson, and – Poor drafts from John Robinson that resulted in – Holes at important spots to what's the word I'm looking for to to be able to do to execute your vision because when you're missing on offensive linemen you can't pound people. Everybody wants to go back to the AJ Brown trade, and I know 
I know this is going to be a crawl in your butt, but you know I'm right when I say this. The real moment that this team flipped is when Taylor Lewan couldn't get back. Because as, as frustrating as Taylor Lewan was at times, he was still light years better than anybody we've played since at the position. Light, light years better. Well, that's a segment in itself. <laughs> I mean, but seriously. And the fact that he was light years better than anybody that's played the position since him is an issue. It is. I mean, I Because know he wasn't great. He wasn't great. He certainly wasn't he was great above, relative to the contract he had. But he was above average at the left tackle position, and he, and he protected mm -hmm. the quarterback. He protected the quarterback, and we didn't have issues with our quarterbacks getting injured until a little one was no longer the left tackle. And, and that's not necessarily a... It, do, it doesn't necessarily bother me. Well, I, but here's the thing. I think when Taylor Lewan couldn't get back, the Titans were ill-prepared to address and his absence. One, they obviously didn't expect him to have a second knee injury immediately in nor the next did nor did he and, and clearly neither did the injury sports medicine folks but you know they're they'll fight that out in the, yes, in they the legal will. battles mm -hmm. but left tackles are not they don't grow on trees they do not good left tackles are just like good quarterbacks in the nfl there aren't a lot of great ones you gotta hope you find which one which is that why the, you overpay for one which is why you overpay for one because you it, there's who else is going to do the job you kind of have to pay the guy because it is what it is. I mean, go back to the the Sandra Bullock, not Sandra Bullock, uh, the yeah, yeah, Sandra Bullock from Blindside. <laughs> the second highest paid guy on the team is the left tackle because he has to protect your most valuable asset. And so that's the moment that this team's fortunes flipped. Did A.J. Brown's trade hurt? Absolutely. It was a brutal, brutal knock to this team. But unfortunately, well, and, and, and the, the reach for Isaiah Wilson at that position was almost a you have to. It was almost by necessity. Because where else were you going to get a left tackle? And he was the best one available at the time. Head case and all. Because the Titans had been so good, they were drafting late. It was just, it, it was, it was Lemony Snicket, a series of unfortunate events. It, it was definitely a series of unfortunate events. That have led us to this point where now the Titans are completely changing who they are. We're going to a flashy new stadium, we need a flashy new offense. Ask the Chargers how that's working out. It's not working out great for for San Diego or Los Angeles. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, I, I mean, it's they've got a great quarterback. They got a flashy offense, Austin Eckler, and all the things that go along with that. But guess what? They're not very good, and they're looking for a head coach. Of course, again, their quarterback got hurt, too. 
Ask the Dolphins. By the way, just want to throw this out there. Brian Flores and Mike McDaniel have the same record over two years. <laughs> the exact same record. Just throwing that out. So it's not working out for the Dolphins either. They only beat teams with losing records. And don't beat the Titans. The Titans won what? Two of their last four? Yeah. Miami and Jacksonville? 500 over the last four games. I mean, there's just... The NFL is a volatile place. Mm -hmm. It is a... Wes Rucker had a great tweet. He said, you know, the NFL is predicated on doing the little things because parity is the goal. <clears throat> and the Titans refuse to do the little things. They don't. He was frustrated, you know, talking about the, the you know, not trading Mike Vrabel because it was going to take, so, take too long. Mm -hmm. But instead you fire him and get nothing when you could have had Maybe instead of the seventh draft pick, you go to the third draft pick. If you trade this year's, you know, swap first with the the, the Patriots this year. No, no, I, I think I agree with the approach about not trading him. Just I think it was going to take too long. I think it was going to kind of put him behind the eight ball in terms of who they did get. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe not. I don't know. I understand the thought process. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying there are several little things that the Titans just don't want to do because we're a small market team and, you know, ho-hum, all shucks, look at us kind of thing. I'm sorry. Two of the last five. Oh, man, it was five. Lost to the Texans twice and to the Seahawks. Anyway. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, no longer <laughs> the head football coach. Mm. That's going to take some getting used to. It is, in fact. Don't know who we're going to see. Don't know who we're going to get. But whoever it is, We'll be talking about them right here on Main Street Sports today, each and every day at 2 o'clock on Main Street Media Television. Please continue to join us. Come back tomorrow. It's Wednesday. We'll talk with uh, Joe Sullivan about local college hoops and more. We'll see you then.